Well, hello, it's that time again, and welcome to another one of my Dental Business Transaction podcasts. And I have great pleasure in inviting Eddie Crouch back to talk to us for what I suppose is like a, a spring watch. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about that, Eddie? <laughs> spring watch yeah. with Eddie. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we had a, an incredible month last month, didn't we, where, where it didn't rain at all, but it's making up for it this month. Well, I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure it's spring watching May, is it really? No, but I mean, no, it's been it's, cold it's, and it's been wet. I know. You know, you think of spring as, as all the little lambs and and everything coming out. But I don't know. How are your animal husbandry skills, Eddie? On the yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we we went out walking yesterday in the Warwickshire countryside. We saw quite a lot of spring lambs. We also saw an awful lot of rain. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Mm. Um, so obviously it's great to catch up with you again. And so much has happened since we last spoke. And, and I appreciate your time talking to me. So let's kick off with um, return to business at the BDA. How's it going? Well, we've uh, we've surveyed all our uh, our committees to, to see how they want to go forward with their uh, their meetings. And and no surprise at all, um, because so many people have got into the rhythm of meeting remotely. And because for a lot of people who travel from all parts of the country down to, to London to meet, um, many of those committees seem to want to continue with some of uh, that arrangement for for their meetings going forward. I mean, many people miss the the face to face and the social aspect of of meeting up with people, and uh, I'm pretty sure that every single one of our committees will continue to meet in that way, but certainly not in the frequency that they were meeting pre pandemic. Uh, I think what we're going to do is have a a hybrid arrangement where certain meetings are face to face and certain meetings are remote in the way that we've all got used to in the last eighteen months. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, as regards to reopening the building, the staff have been surveyed. Uh, many of those have quite enjoyed not having to commute into central London on a daily basis. Uh, a lot of those um, members of staff obviously miss the communal aspect of meeting up with their colleagues and having that discussion over a cup of coffee and things like that. So, again, I think both the staff and both of the committee structures within the BDA are going to adapt to this new world that we've now created post-pandemic. Uh, well, hopefully post-pandemic, you know, with the numbers of people being vaccinated and things. Let's hope that we, we don't go backwards. You know, we're talking on a day where... The pubs and the restaurants are thankfully beginning to open up again. And that, that's all good news. Um, and certainly from a business point of view, you know, the use of the facilities at the BDA in Wimpole Street are really important to us from uh, a, a, an economic point of view. You know, it generates income into the BDA, which helps us subsidise our activities and reduce the amount that we charge our members. Yeah, absolutely. I just hope that people are sensible you know, and take, still take necessary precautions. But there we go. Now that's all sounds it's good. And I agree with everything you say, especially with this remote meetings. Yes, it's good to see people, but you can get through so much more work by cutting out a lot of that and, and the travelling involved, you know, but uh, that's all good. Um, now, one of the subjects to talk about today is about remote orthodontics, because I understand last week the GDC made a statement about uh, remote orthodontics being done on the high street. Mm -hmm. So tell me all. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I can tell you all, but I, I think probably what, what what's happened is that a lot of colleagues have been really quite annoyed about the the difference that's there from them providing, um, 
modern uh, aligner treatments in their practice and those on the high street that appear to be able to do it at a very much reduced price in comparison to what they can deliver in their practice. And and the business model for that, where perhaps patients are taking impressions of their own teeth and sending them in and getting a series of liners made and not having face-to-face consultations with professionals or even just walking into a high street um, location and having a scan by a dental care professional and not having that sort of discussion with a, a clinician about the treatment options or even having um, you know, a proper dental examination to to ensure that they're suitable for that treatment has been something that the profession has been quite annoyed about. And certainly the BDA has raised over the last two years, at least, uh, concerns about patient safety, about that delivery of model, and about whether it's fair that some of these locations perhaps are not registered with the CQC. Um, and, and, and the difference in, in, in really uh, how many of the profession want to deliver care for their patients and how these new uh, business models are being developed by other companies. And thankfully, the uh, the GDC did come out last week with a step in the right direction. They're, they're now saying that, um, you know, the clinicians involved with delivering these uh, services need to be minded by their um but by their obligations uh, under the GDC regulations and about whether they are doing the right thing for their patients. And, and I think this will lead on to the recognition that obviously this is modern delivery of dentistry and therefore the CQC need to be involved. They need to be um, going into these premises to make sure that patient safety is, is the top priority. Uh, and, and from that point of view, you know, we 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 must be encouraged that the GDC is moving in the right direction. We probably want the GDC to do more than that, uh, but at least they're moving in the right direction and listening to the arguments that we've put forward. Good. That sounds well. It, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, from from a layperson's point of view, and this is just a very small example, but when my son played rugby, you know, you had two options to get a gum shield. You know, you either get something online and you just stuff it in and put it in a cup of hot water and it moulds, or you go and see your dentist and you have one professionally fitted. And I know which one absolutely makes sense because these things can do more harm than good if they're they're ill-fitting and they can, you know, they can hurt uh, you. Um, And that's uh, on a very simple level, but, you know, the danger is having this walk-in booths with all this scanning. But as you say, is it the right treatment? So I'm really pleased to hear that, that it's, um, it's coming under the spotlight. Yeah, and I, th- I, th- I think from uh, a clinician's point of view, I mean, you know, patients don't comply with the way that they should wear these. And so, you know, having that face-to-face meeting with the patient and seeing how they're getting on with the treatment and, and making sure that you, you intervene at the right time as a clinician, if the patient isn't progressing in the way that you uh, would anticipate, it is very important. So it means that patients don't suffer irreparable damage. I've, I've seen examples in, in my own practice where patients have turned up where things have gone wrong with this delivery of care Uh, and and to be honest really they weren't dentally fit to start that treatment in the first place they should have they should have been examined by a dentist to actually say i'm sorry at the moment you need to get this sorted out you need to get your gum disease sorted out before you start anything like that and and the marketing for these um, these companies is is very aggressive. You know, it's it, it, it's hard now to go through a TV a program without seeing some of these uh, adverts on your TV on a regular basis. And 
you know, when it's promoted to patients as being a cheap alternative, um, I'm glad that at least the risks have been out there and highlighted. No, I agree. I see it all the time, especially with these cheap tooth whitening options. You know, it terrifies me, frankly. And I say to friends, you know, they say, I'm going to buy that. It's really absolutely don't do that go and see your dentist pay a bit more and get an expert because you're the guys left at the end of it all aren't you putting putting them straight at the end of it all oh well that's interesting and and, and there are some things to put right for sure i'm bloody right i'm sure there is um interesting okay and the other subject was um consultation the the recent health regulations um consultation on health regulations by the department of health tell me about that well, um, yeah, I mean, it's quite important. Uh, you know, it's going to have a significant change, really, to the way that the... I mean, first of all, we, we, we one of the consultations is about whether we're going to have a unification of, uh, of regulators. And, I mean, from our point of view, we've always been keen that whilst we've had issues with the GDC, to have uh, a regulator that actually knows something about dentistry is important to us. And, you know, having it merge with a bigger regulator would be something that we'd be concerned about. Um, but, you know, some of the consultation and the, and the modernization of regulation, certainly I would encourage the profession to look out for this consultation and actually make their own contributions to their thoughts back uh, to the Department of Health on this consultation because there are things in there that are not clear uh, one one of the things, for example, with regarding the enhanced role of uh, a dental case examiner and whether um, I mean, we could argue that if 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 we have less fitness to practice uh, cases from from a cost effective point of view, that's good. It means that, you know, many of colleagues are not waiting around for a judgment in a fitness to practice case for a long period of time because of the backlog in those. And if they can be resolved uh, amicably between uh, the the registrant and, and the GDC at an early stage, then that's a good thing. But if that case examiner has the ability to actually uh, suspend a colleague or, uh, you know, remove that colleague from the register, then that is a step in the direction that I think would cause some concern um, with 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 the profession. And I, I was at a meeting last week with the GDC where we were discussing this consultation and, um, you know, there, there were some reassurances that came there from, from the GDC in as much as that if the case examiner came up with a conclusion to the uh, to the investigation that wasn't agreed with by the person who was having the complaint made against them, it would still give that person the option of actually going through to a full fitness to practice case. Um, and, and that's reassuring because what we wouldn't want is uh, a paper-based process actually potentially ruining the career of a professional, and that's not right. Good. Goodness me, there's been quite a lot happening, hasn't there? Um, mm-hmm. EDI. And for the uninitiated, can you explain what those letters stand for? And I know it's a very topical subject right now. It is, yeah. I mean, lots of organisations. I mean, there was a, a, pa- uh, a paper produced recently by uh, the Office of the Chief Dental Officer about equality, diversity and inclusion. And um, this year has seen the formation of a new committee at the BDA, the EDI committee, the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Um, We've got two chairs um, of of that committee, co-chairs, 
Laura Cross, who's a member of our, uh, Scottish member of the PEC, and Sharina Ilias, um, who's a London member of, of the PEC. Um, very, very important piece of work. We've got, we've got elections coming up at the BDA in, uh, in, in the new year. Uh, right. At the end of this year, we extended our triennium. We normally have elections every three years, but we extended it because of the pandemic. And all of our committees are up for election uh, from January. Uh, and, it, and it's important that the profession is actually represented by uh, committees that actually look like the profession that they're representing. And so for us, it's very important that, um, you know, equality and diversity, not only within the BDA, but across the profession is actually dealt with in a professional manner. And we're working alongside uh, the Faculty of General Dental Practice on some joint projects with that. We've done um, uh, some surveys about racism within dentistry. And recently we had quite an interesting um Hospital Dentist Day, where we had a, a, a variety of speakers speaking on EDI issues, um, where, you know, it was quite shocking to hear some of the things that are still happening out there uh, with patients actually refusing to see clinicians because of their race or because of their colour, or people who feel that their career progression is being affected by uh, their colour or race, and that's just, or, or their sexuality, or or their gender, and that's mm. just something that in the modern world seems totally inappropriate. There is no place I, for it. It's uh, very depressing no, to think, no. isn't it? In, no, in what think, one thinks is an educated environment, there is still this going on, but unfortunately, it is, and uh, it's good that it's being stamped out. It's being addressed. I mean, obviously, we had the the terrible issue that prompted Black Lives Matter during the you know last year, um, and, and you know I, I watched the FA Cup final on Saturday and the pay, uh, the players still taking a knee, and uh, you know really, uh, as far as dentistry is concerned, you know it's still still an issue where the, the number of Afro Caribbean um, entrants to a dental school is still phenomenally low in comparison to you know the, the population of, of, of the UK now and, and I know the dental schools are taking that very seriously and I think across dentistry the whole issue of equality diversity and inclusion is incredibly important and I think will dominate uh, a lot of work that we do at the BDA over a, a long period of time but certainly at the moment we, we're, we're focusing on one or two issues uh, carrying out um, surveys of members. We're giving uh, some members an opportunity to compile diaries within their working week. Um, but it, it's wrong when you look around the hierarchy within dentistry and, and sadly you still see faces that are um, not completely representative of the profession that we now are. Yeah. Well, Good. We'll, we'll pick up on this next time we speak because I'll be really interested to hear how it's going and what results I've had in. And how long have you been doing the, the um, questionnaire that you've been sending out, the, you know, for people? Um, how long has well, that we, been in we, place? We, we carried out a, a racism study over the end part of last year and over the Christmas period. And uh, some, of the, some of that data has now been analysed. In fact, we've got a work stream on Wednesday uh, where we're meeting again to actually look at how we tease out some of the information that's come in from members on that and what further work that we need to do. Um, so, you know, it's very much in its fledgling stage, but, you know, a huge opportunity to do good things for, for, yeah. for the profession and delivery of care for patients.
Brilliant. Good. Well, keep me posted. And that's very good work. Um, so what's um, what's keeping you really busy at the moment with regards to any commitments that you have to uh, meetings, presentations? Are you getting out much in front of people in person, per se? I know we touched on it earlier. And uh, no, no, not not at the moment. A lot, of, a lot of the things I'm doing at the moment is still, you still know, via a, via via a, a PC a camera and and something along these lines. But um, you know, I'm hoping that you know. Uh, by the autumn, we I'm able to start meeting colleagues on a face to face basis and actually do more of the work. I mean, w one of the things that the profession are probably quite interested in at the moment is the arrangements that are going to be there post pandemic. And I know the target that's been set um, by NHS England uh, for the, the first six months of this financial year. Uh, is, is still a hot topic for a lot of people. Um, we, we've got end of year reconciliation for people who uh, had two months from the end of March to actually submit all their pay, their forms and claims into NHS England. We're still worried about the number of practices that are going to suffer financial penalty by not hitting targets in that period from Christmas to the end of March. Um, I think we're pleased that the last letter that came out from uh, NHS England and the office of the Chief Dental Officer indicated that there was a more um, rapid uh, sort of commitment to actually change away from the UDA contract. Uh, we've had 10 years of piloting and prototyping. We don't seem to have been made, making much progress on that. Uh, and, and I think... You know, there is no role um, post-pandemic for a UDA contract for very long because it, it's clear that it doesn't work very well. I think the profession, and you're probably seeing this yourself, Lily, is is looking perhaps longer term not to have a commitment to the NHS. I, I know many, many people are telling me, at the at members of staff at the BDA, that the, the volume of inquiries they're now getting from members about how they see their future outside the NHS yeah. um, going forward is, is, you know, far yeah. higher than it used to be. Um, and I think if, if the NHS get this wrong with this next reform of contract and yeah. they don't bring the profession with them, uh, I seriously worry about uh, the, the, the volume of dentists that actually want to work in the NHS longer term. Yeah, it presents you know, another whole set of challenges for everybody, doesn't it? Of course. Um, gosh, the, there's some very big issues here at, at stake and being discussed, isn't it? I think the contract reform is a really, really hot topic for a lot of people as well. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see how that rolls out. From from our perspective, we are not seeing at the moment that many practices that are people are either coming to buy and saying, I don't want NHS. Because the demand for fully private has, has been very strong now for a couple of years. It's yeah. much greater than it ever was. Um, and of course, if you're thinking of selling a practice, this is the wrong time to ditch your NHS contract. You know, you need to look at the five year plan. But it's something that we're going to be watching very closely. Um, and obviously, I appreciate these updates and we'll be watching it to see how it affects valuations and the market and the appetite to to buy and to sell. Um, so I can't report at the moment that we are seeing a spike in that of people wishing to jump off the NHS train. But it's certainly, you know, if things don't go people's way, they're going to be wanting out of this and they're just going to be bringing in plan payment because it doesn't make sense to them. Yeah, you know? I think that the conversations I've been having with some of the plan providers 
um, their, their targets that they were setting themselves are being exceeded far, far quicker than they, they anticipated, um, which is interesting in itself. And, you know, I had someone last week t- talking to me who had t- two uh, contracts of about £500,000 each, uh, asking, asking the question of these plan providers, how do, how, how do I go about actually transitioning my practice away from the NHS? And that really is quite a surprise. But one one question to you, Lily. I mean, we, I know we had a conversation, you know, during the pandemic about the the hold up in practice sales that was there from the CQC. Are, are you seeing now much more uh, streamlined work from the CQC in, in in assisting practice sales, or is that still a an ongoing issue for you? It's. I would say it's a work in progress, but we have seen. A softening. It, we have seen progress. I had one last week which was disappointing, a completion that should have happened, and we still hadn't had the final uh, last piece of the chain happening, but it was in London. Obviously, you're looking at a huge population there, and that's where one of the largest backlogs are in all these major conurbations. That's where you're going to see it. But overall, no, it is better. It's improving, but we're by no means out of the woods but thank you for asking. <laughs> no, no, I, I know, I know a, it was a major issue. I tried yeah. my best to actually chivy along the CQC. They made promises, obviously, that the workforce yeah. involved yeah. in this was going to be improved. And uh, yeah. Yeah. hopefully for people who are trying to sell um, practices yeah. at the moment, it, it, it's, it's an improving situation. It is, it is improving, um, as I say. But obviously we realise that it's a huge uh, beast to turn around. You know, you can't, it doesn't happen overnight. But um, obviously we are watching it. But I'll be able to let, let you know next time we have a chat. Maybe we'll have a summer watch if we get a summer. Mind <laughs> you, we're nearly there, aren't we? But um, it's always good to have these catch-ups about the industry and what's happening. So um, on a personal front, have you got any more uh, television interviews, any more media like that lined up to see your your smiling face on the screen, Eddie? <laughs> have you got any? Uh, well, uh, I mean, the, the, the demand for that has, has, has diminished a lot. I mean, we were, we were involved with the orthodontic story last week um, and, and, and it was covered on Sky, but um, I, I ended up on the cutting floor there, sadly. Um, uh, yeah. I've got, uh, I've got uh, quite a lot of uh, radio interest at the moment about, you know, the, obviously the return to normality. Uh, there's, there's been quite a lot there going on about, you know, how difficult it is to get in to see practitioners. Um, uh, you know, there's been a lot of coverage in the last few days, really, about how difficult it is to get in to see your GP. Um, and obviously many practices at the moment are still not functioning anywhere near in the manner that they were pre-pandemic. In fact, one of the practices I was at this morning working, um, they're still not doing routine inspections there. They're still coping with the backlog. Um, and, and, and I know that varies a lot from practice to practice, but from a, from a patient point of view, I think the CQC are actually coming out with a report in the next few days about how difficult it's been uh, for patients to actually gain access to dentistry. Um, and one of the encouraging things in the draft of the report that I've seen is that the CQC are very much uh, on the message that um, perhaps, you know, the, the, the actual budget that's been allocated for dentistry seriously needs looking at for, for that to improve in the short term. Many areas of the NHS have seen additional funding to cope with the uh, problems that COVID has, has produced. We need to see that in dentistry as well. 
Well, that's good. Eddie, um, thank you for joining me again today and keep up the hard work. I'm, you know, I think that uh, I can speak on behalf of a lot of people that they, you know, they very much um, support everything that you and the BDA do on their behalf. Um, it's really good to have someone fighting the, the corner, so to speak. Um, have a great rest of the week and um, I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. So thank you yeah. again. Thank you, Lily, and thanks for talking to me again. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you for listening to our Dental Business Transaction Podcasts. I hope you found it informative. And remember that they're easily available through our website, lilyhead.co.uk. You can listen to them via Spotify, Apple or Podbean or watch the video versions on many conversations through our YouTube channel. Finally, if you'd like to talk to any one of my team or myself, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We can help you with advice, buying, selling or funding a dental practice. So please do call us. We can be reached at dentalbrokers at lilyhead.co.uk. Thank you and goodbye for now.